Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Married to Football podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Campisi. We're talking about our ballers and busts and honorable mentions from week six. Dale and Eric are back with me. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Married to Football podcast, the super fan take football today. So, guys, who are your ballers of the week? Eric, I'll let you go first. Oh, my baller of the week is a kicker. His name is Brandon McManus. And besides having a, a great name, uh, he kicked six field goals in Denver's win over New England this past Sunday. Wow. Uh, you know, when, when a kicker is in the fantasy headlines, that, that's something to really uh, look at. And Six field goals, that's a lot of points. Dale, who's your baller? Uh, I I went with Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, we've been pretty critical in weeks past of uh, the Falcons, so I figured I'd give it a little love uh, and credit where it's due. He had 371 yards, 30 for 40, and four touchdowns. So uh, a good showing, and um, and I, I I figured that Matt Matty Ice deserved it this week. Yeah, he did. My baller is. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, do you think, because Le'Veon got signed, it gave him a little pep in his step. I mean, he had 161 yards rushing. What do you guys think? Do you think that gave him that little extra jolt he needed? I don't think Clyde Edwards-Alaire has anything to worry about with Le'Veon Bell. As long as, he, as, long as Clyde stays healthy and uh, he's executing well, he should remain the primary back. I think you'll see uh, Le'Veon in uh, in times where Hilaire needs a break or in uh, garbage time, you know, stuff like that. They would have been motivated, I think, to play better after losing the week before, too. Um, I think that would have been more motivation and team-wide than, than, uh, than Le'Veon Bell signing. And I, and I agree with Eric 100%. You're, Bell's, going to, Bell's not going to take that starting job unless – you know, something bad happens, and hopefully for his sake it doesn't. Um, so uh, unless Edward Tolaire gets hurt, Bell's going to be in there and, you know, third down or just to spell uh, Edward Tolaire at this point. Okay, fair enough. Eric, who's your bust? Oh, man, where do I begin? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, 24 points. Uh, not a good, not a good showing. Uh, he really needed to step up in uh, place of Dak, and I understand it's going to be a little different with uh, Andy Dalton running the offense. Yeah. So that should be all the more reason why Zeke should have had a, a large workload. But I know when you when you fall behind early in a game, you can't really run continue to run a football. I mean, maybe they should have. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time to get it together in, in Big D. Uh, luckily for them, the, the division's trash. So they have some time to get it together. But, yeah, I couldn't believe that Zeke had such a poor performance. He had two fumbles, right, on the day? Yeah, he, he did look good. Uh, I don't, oh, you know what? Um, my bust B, because I have to mention this too, because he caused me to change the name of my fantasy football team. No. Is uh, Aaron Rodgers. I figured. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looks like trash. 
And uh, I was really, the only, this is literally going to be the only week that I played him. And the only week that I played him, he decided to score me uh, 5.8 points. So uh, I could have, I, hell, I, Baker Mayfield had more points than him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Dale, who's your bust? Well, uh, there was one obvious bust, but I thought it would have already come up by now. So I'm going to go to um, I'm going to go to my ongoing vendetta with Riverboat Ron Rivera. Um, <laughs> he's an idiot um, against the previously winless Giants. Elected to go for a two point conversion to go for the win against again the previously win winless Giants, and of course they lost. Um, but you know he's still going to fall back on that rationale that he's giving the team the best chance to win with Kyle Allen wasn't terrible in the game but is also garbage um they're they have one win and are somehow still in contention uh even though they're in a division filled with terrible incompetent teams and he's arguably the most terrible and most incompetent ron rivera is terrible absolutely awful he's the bust of the week do you think ron rivera should trade dwayne haskins yeah if he's not if he's not if he has no intention of using him um and, and playing him whatsoever, then yeah, they should try and get something out of him. I don't know what exactly they'll get. Um, he is probably, he being Rivera, has probably damaged Haskins' value. So he's driving down what they'll get back and limiting their ability to get something out of him. So another stupid decision. But yeah, I, I think they should try and see if they can move him and get something for him if they're not going to use him. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, what their strategy is. They don't have in their top two, they don't have good quarterbacks. They don't have a good offensive line. They don't have good receivers. They don't have good running backs, uh, tight ends. Uh, they've got some uh, defensive linemen, but that's about it. Well, it would be foolish to me. It would be foolish for the Redskins to just trade Haskins right now because his value is pretty much – as low as it could possibly be. They've, and they've pretty much let the Westerners know that they don't value him at all. And he was a first-round pick. So with that being that first-round pick, you know, that comes with a, a pretty nice contract as far as rookies or first-year players go. Uh, if a team is going to trade for him and take on that contract and, you know, with the expectation that he's not a finished product or not ready – if he's not ready to start for the Redskins, I mean, what, what, who is he going to start for? Unless you're talking about him coming to be a backup somewhere, you know, and there's guys on the street that can probably come in and be a backup, like Colin Kaepernick, as, as Dale had mentioned in a previous podcast. But uh, it, 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 they may as well just ride it out, see if uh, what Kyle Allen does for him, which I'm guessing will be nothing, and then uh, either plug him back in later in the season when maybe he's more prepared to be a starting quarterback or uh, wait for the offseason and see what kind of upgrades are available for themselves at quarterback and then be willing to bite the bullet, admit that it was a bad pick, and trade him for, I don't know, like a fourth or a fifth round pick. But, uh, yeah, I don't see Washington trading him this year. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll be able to get anyone to trade for him because, like you mentioned, with that contract. But it baffled me that, you know, he actively – Ron Rivera, he actively sabotaged his own organization's assets value, essentially, by what he's done here. He's, he's, made it, he's made a situation where they're going to get less than what they potentially could have gotten for Haskins. Maybe to the point that they won't be able to get anything and they'll have to just outright release him at some point. 
you know, why wouldn't a team like the Redskins uh, take a fire on a Le'Veon Bell? We mentioned their lack of weapons. You know, in a, in a division that's completely winnable, why not go ahead? You know, you already have that good defensive line, as you alluded to. Uh, pick up a Le'Veon Bell and commit to running the football to help out your young quarterback. Yeah. And then, you know, tell me, tell me they don't have a shot. Tell me, if you're watching Redskins, you go and pick up Le'Veon Bell. You go and once uh, Antonio Brown's suspension is over, you pick up him, too. It's a big market. They'll go play in the nation's capital. And, you, have a, you, you know, why, why not? I mean, you, you, you say you are trying to win games. You're playing Kyle Allen because you think he has the best chance to, to win the game for you, which I don't know. From what I saw of that game, I don't see how he's any better than Dwayne Haskins. No. But, you know, as Eric alluded to, they're not doing anything. They're not. Maybe they made an effort to bring in Le'Veon Bell. And I mean, I guess technically we don't know. Um, and maybe he said, you know, no, the better fit for me is Kansas City. Yeah. Um, All right. But 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 to 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 that end, they're not making any effort to to bring in any other running backs or you know wide receiver. I mean, they decided to go this year with Antonio Gibson. I mean, now granted, they they had uh, Geis. And they had to release him due to, you know, some domestic violence um, issues. Yeah. But they made really no effort to improve that spot. Guys, don't hate me. My bust this week is Baker Mayfield. Just bad game. And honestly, it's not against him. I don't even think he should have been playing. I don't think he was healthy enough. I think he looked injured. I'm actually worried about him, like, playing... I don't know. His like when he got sacked. I mean, he got sacked how many times? Three, four times. I just think that he should have not been playing in that game. He had that rib injury and he looked injured. And I was actually worried about him. I mean, the Browns are four and two now. Maybe if he's not healthy this week, they should consider not playing him because I don't think that they should risk him any more injury. If if his injury was the reason for the play last weekend, he definitely shouldn't have been out on the field. And you have to ask why the hell the Browns did that. Because there's no, you know, you the fact that they haven't won in Pittsburgh, you know, and the fact that it's a big game is not reason enough to roll out a guy in a game that, frankly, you don't need. I mean, we, we talked about, for the fans, how it, it's entertaining and important. But in the grand scheme of things, the Browns can lose every single game that they play the rest of the season against good teams and still win 10 or 11 games and make the playoffs. Yeah. So it's, if that's the case and the, the coaching staff, the front office, whatever, the combination of both put him out there. And when he shouldn't have, that's really stupid. And you have to ask why the hell they did that. Yeah. That's why, like, I was like, it's not even, he's my boss. It's the question of, he looked injured. Like, every time he got sacked or went down, he didn't look great. Like, I felt bad for him. And I know he probably wanted to truck through and was like, oh, I'm tough. I can do this. This is a divisional game. I want to be out there for my team. But at the same time, if he was that injured, I wish they would have just been like, hey, you know, we're going to do this without you this week. There's other divisional games. We'd rather keep you healthy. That's all I thought about it. I was just – you know, it's not that he was like – I mean, he was a bust. He didn't play well. But – I just, I don't know. I just think he shouldn't have even played to begin with. Well, I think we'll divulge into this topic a little more specifically when we address the game itself. 
But as far as Baker Mayfield being a bust for the game, I mean, they didn't. He was he he was not put in a position to be able to perform well, and that they need Baker Mayfield to run bootlegs and to run play action. And when you can't get a running game going at all, the Steelers are are, are not going to respect your ability to throw the ball. The Steelers were daring Baker Mayfield to throw the ball downfield in that game. And he wasn't doing it because he was afraid about of getting his clock clean, probably because he was hurt. Yeah. Now, as far as him playing or not, as far as him playing or not playing, look, if he's your number one overall pick, your, you know, want your uh, proposed franchise quarterback, and he wants to give it a go, if he's supposed to be a leader on that team and he's telling you, I want to play, and a doctor clears him to play, then you have to play him. If they were to, if they sat Baker Mayfield out of that game after he said, "Yeah, I'm ready to go. I want to play," and they kept him out anyway, and they got their clocks clean, people would people would be irate and they'd be letting Kevin Stefanski have it. I think Kevin Stefanski honestly believes that Baker Mayfield gives him the best chance to win the game. However, I don't even think Stefanski was that worried about winning this game. I feel like Stefanski understands. He's a Harvard guy. He's smart. He understands. You know what? Nobody in the world thinks we're going to be Baltimore on the road, Pittsburgh on the road, Tennessee on the road. There are there are games that Cleveland is going to lose. So why throw your best stuff out there? I mean, I'm not saying tank the game. I'm not saying pull your starters and now you're going to play. Go ahead and give it a go. See what some things look like. Put some stuff out there on film. But you notice they didn't they didn't run a, a lot of their. Uh, play action, a lot of their boots, a lot of the stuff they were successful with, and I don't know if it was because of the team of defense sort of running, but a lot of the stuff that, you know, gives Baker Mayfield good stats, they didn't do that. It was the same way in Baltimore. It's almost they were like, okay, we're going to run a shell of an offense. We're not going to play anything on film, and we're going to live the fight another day. We'll take these L's on the road against these division leaders, and then we're going to save our good shit for these teams that we know we can beat, and we're going to try to make it into the playoffs. There's a term that I, I've heard in the last couple of years, more in regards to NBA playoffs, it's specifically in games where certain teams get off to a really hot shooting start and they're up 20, you know, 25 in the first half, and that's strategic forfeit. And it, it's not obviously meaning that you – it's kind of similar, I think, what Eric was just sort of suggesting, is that if you look at it and you say, look, we're down big early. There's no way, there's very little chance we're going to win. And it's not worth it for us to expend all this energy, big deep at it for everything in our playbook for a regular season win. And, uh, and, you know, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe that is what, based on what happened early on, what Stefanski decided to do. And I don't have any problem with it. And I also agree. I mean, some people, I don't, I don't understand it, but some people might say that, despite criticizing Baker that, you know, that they, that they think that criticizing Baker means that you think that Case Keenum is a better option. I don't think that for a second. Um, but, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't play like that and not try and break down and criticize what went wrong. Um, but I think there's a lot of truth to what Eric uh, was potentially suggesting in that they, they didn't, go all out to try and reverse that course in the second half for sure let's move on to honorable mentions eric who is your honorable mention for the week 
my honorable mention is uh, Sean Watson. Okay, he actually led, I was surprised he didn't get mentioned as a baller. He uh, led all quarterbacks in fantasy points, and he should have pulled out a win in Tennessee, as I predicted, <laughs> were it not for the questionable decisions of one interim head coach he probably wouldn't have pulled out a victory. Not to mention a bogus touchdown call at the end of the game oh, for yes. the home team. Yes. But, uh, you know, I digress. Uh, Deshaun Watson looks good. He looks like the type of guy that's a franchise quarterback that uh, deserves to have some weapons like DeAndre Hopkins. So, Brooks, imagine what kind of points he would have if he had DeAndre Hopkins. So, but, yep. Hey, Deshaun Watson's an honorable mention for me. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I honestly feel bad that he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. I'm always like, imagine that team with DeAndre Hopkins. And, and it would be one thing if he got usable weapons or, like, you know, if they solidify their offensive line or if they, they got a draft pick that is, makes little to no contribution and a running back that they, you know, or running backs like that are kind of a dime a dozen now. You know, I mean, not to say he's not good, but they didn't need David Johnson. No. No, I feel like they could have found somebody else. And I, I feel like DeAndre Hopkins, we've talked about this before. I feel like he's a talent you do not trade away. Just that talented. Mm. All right, Dale, who is your honorable mention? Uh, I went with Derrick Henry. Uh, he 22 carries, 212 yards, and two touchdowns. He was, as he has been a lot this year, last year, just pretty much unstoppable. He's a beast. Like, I watch him and I'm worried to play him as a Steelers fan next week. Like I'm worried. Yeah. Can you stop him? I don't know. Like he's just when he runs, I'm like, who can stop that? He's he's huge. He's he's, uh, he's um unique among running backs like that. You don't find too many that have the 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 blend of size and speed that he has. And once he gets going it's a nightmare to bring him down. Yo, you know who, who he reminds me of? Another Tennessee Titan running back. I was, was going to guess Eddie George. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, he's, like a running fast, he's, like a, he's like a slightly faster, maybe slightly thicker version of Eddie George. Do you want to hear my honorable mention? Mine is kind of a good one, too. Along with Dale with his baller with Matt Ryan, I'm going with Julio Jones. He stepped up. He played a great game. He had 137 yards and two touchdowns. And they said he was questionable for the game, and he played great. I just thought he stepped up. I mean, everyone kept saying, oh, Julio Jones needs to step up. Julio Jones needs to step up. I've heard that all week from, like, ESPN announcers, all these people. And I'm like, well, he showed you. He stepped up. He played, and he wasn't even 100%, and he played. And the Falcons got the win. For the first time. It was nice to see him uh, play up to his his ability again because we haven't seen that. Um, we haven't seen that in a while. He's been struggling. So it was, it's always nice to see him show what he can do. It is. And you know what? I think the Falcons are so, like, still sneaky good. Like, that team is still really good if you think about it. And mm-hmm. I just think some of their losses are, like, unfortunate losses. Like, I mean, don't quote me on this, but, like, they could sneaky, you know, start getting, like, if they keep getting some wins, they could be that sneaky team in the playoffs. They're not out of it yet. No. Really. I, I'm not going to pick them to make the playoffs for sure, 
but I I don't think they're incapable of making a run. Um, you know, they they still have, they've got the Lions, Panthers, Broncos, Saints, and Raiders for their next five. I don't think they're going to win five in a row, get themselves to six and five. But uh, three and two is not out of the question. And if they if they keep inching their way up, they could be close to maybe being on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Um, but they've got to be in position where they've got to be in position where where they uh, don't have to win out the last four or five on their schedule because they've got the Chiefs in there and the Bucks twice. Yeah. And with the Chiefs being what they are and then two games against division opponent, a division opponent in the Bucks, I don't trust that as, as closing out 3-0 and there. So um, I don't like their chances, but they do still have a lot of talent on offense. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Next week, we'll be doing our Week 7 Ballers and Busts, so don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Let me know if you agree with our picks at MTFB Podcast on Twitter. Enjoy your night, everyone. Cheers.